I got a beef. I got beef. I got some beef that needs to be squashed. I got beef. I got beef with the year 1997. And here's why. Princess Diana was killed. Notorious B.I.G. was shot. Heaven's Gate mass suicide happens in California. Mike Tyson eats somebody's ear for dinner. Leonardo DiCaprio dies in the Titanic. And I was born. Beef. And while we're at it, let's just name off a few more pop culture happenings in the year 1997. The Billboard number one smash hits, Wannabe by the Spice Girls, uh, Mbop by Hanson. Uh, big albums that were released that year were uh, Radiohead released OK Computer, the Foo Fighters released The Color and the Shape, and Elliot Smith made everyone very, very sad. Looking back through some of the previous videos that I've made, I've realized that kind of a recurring word that I've been using a lot is the word context. And so today I thought it would be fun to get meta with it and not only put maybe specific moments in context, but to actually put my entire existence into context and my career in the music industry into context. It's been kind of crazy if you think about it, all the things that have happened and how the music industry has changed since many of us were born in the late 90s up until now. And I will explain that today with the help of Lucas and my handy dandy notebook, aka my iPhone 5S. Thank so let's start off with a little something I like to call the end of humanity and music in general. And it all starts in the dark, dark time. It was the year 2000. And in the year 2000, someone's really pissed off. You know who's really pissed off in the year 2000? It's Metallica. Metallica's super pissed off in the year 2000 because a demo of their ever so popular household name of a song, I Disappear, was found on a little website called Napster. Now, Napster was launched in 1999 as a peer-to-peer -peer file sharing network that soon became a hotbed of music piracy. Now, there are a lot of other sites that you can throw in there with Napster, but Napster was definitely the forerunner and the ringleader of all these sites. Napster, after being sued by Metallica, Dr. Dre, uh, like the Recording Industry Association of America, they were forced to cease operations in late 2001. And with the shutdown of Napster, so began the figurative pandemic that was music piracy. I actually wrote a paper on Napster and its effect on music piracy and the industry when I was in eighth grade. Crazy, huh? And also in 2001, alongside the shutdown of Napster, Apple releases iTunes. And now, instead of having to buy a CD with one good single and 11 filler tracks, you can now buy singular songs for 99 cents a pop. I think it was even cheaper at the beginning, but 99 cents is just the number that remains stuck in my head. I think it was like $1.29 now is the standard. And in case you haven't put two and two together, CD sales plummet in the mid-2000s. Then, 2005, YouTube launches. I was eight years old when YouTube launched. It's so weird to think that like the first eight years of my life were without YouTube and boom, fast forward to spooky season 2007, AKA October 2007. And Radiohead, fresh out of a recording contract with their previous label EMI, have been independently recording an album called In Rainbow. 
photos. And in October 2007, they make it available for digital download. And kind of this very new, weird way of distributing music where on their website, you can essentially pay what you want for the album. And this move caused a lot of conflict between music industry professionals. On one hand, people thought it was completely devaluing the means of distributing and making music, and other people thought it was pretty revolutionary and forward-thinking. Then in December of the same year, they take it down off their website for download. Then at the beginning of January 2008, Radiohead releases in rainbows physically to retailers and the album debuts at number one on the Billboard 200. Fast forward again to the year 2011. I'm in my freshman year of high school and Spotify becomes live in the United States after being active in some European countries since 2008. By December 2012, Spotify has 1 million active paying users. All right, now let's briefly talk numbers and it's gonna be super short, so hopefully it's not too boring. In 1997, there were six what would be considered major record labels. Those are Sony Music Entertainment, BMG, Universal Music Group, Polygram, EMI, and Warner Music Group. Today, there are only three, Universal, Sony, and Warner. In 2015, according to the revenue and sales statistics provided by the Recording Industry Association of America, streaming became the largest portion of the industry revenue, accounting for 34.3%. Mid-2020, streaming now accounts for 85% of industry revenue, which is wild. I mean, it's a, like a 50% hike just in, you know, five years. So I'm here telling you all these numbers and statistics and giving you all these major music industry events that happened since I was born. And for what purpose? Like, why am I telling you this? Mainly, I'm saying all of this because at one point, those of you that watch this that are actively trying to pursue careers in music, we've all had dreams of entering the industry. And I've given you all these events to essentially lay out the fact that the industry that we all dreamed of entering no longer exists. We live in an age now where things are shifting so rapidly all the time that the industry that we think that we are even currently in today may not exist this time next year something could new and revolutionary could happen by the end of 2020 and it could completely change the game for everybody. We can't be shocked to see something like that happen regularly for the rest of our lives. Frankly, we were born in this period of music industry disruption and the industry has been continually disrupted since like throughout all of our time growing up and dreaming of becoming professionals in the industry. You know, how often do you hear that, you know, the local favorite band in town got signed to a record label right out of school? How often do you hear that, you know, you know, Jimbo went, you know, moved to the big city and got a job at this big, giant, famous studio right off the bat? Instead of like getting signed to a label or getting like some crazy job, it's more like, you know, local band from town has crippling student loan debt, so they all work minimum wage jobs while they save up enough money to record in their friend's basement. Like that's kind of more like what our generation experiences. And then again, the tools and the resources that you need to make music are more accessible than ever. 
you don't need a label to release music. But on the flip side of that, a lot of people also don't think you need professional mixers, editors, producers, you know, engineers. I feel like our generation, we're constantly fighting to prove our value. Everyone wants music for free. No one wants to pay for music. And, you know, as a young engineer too, like the concept of like placing value on your craft is a difficult thing to do. Like I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, what my rates are, like how to value my work as a professional. But then you get people who still are like, Hey man, so I got this like dope ass song that I want you uh, to, you know, make sound better. Uh, how does like 30 bucks sound? Cool. Uh, multiply that 30 by 10 and we're good. You know, if you think like someone wants to pay you 50 bucks for a mix, even if you only spend five hours on working on that song, you're still making $10 an hour. I was making more than that picking up dog shit at a kennel that I was working at for two years. But then people are like, well, at least you're doing what you love. But that's just like so manipulative. That's taking advantage of people's passions. And that really bugs me. Yes, I want to do what I enjoy and what I've trained to go to school for. And I want to pursue my passion, but I would also like to, you know, pay rent, you know, pay off my student loans, uh, eat dinner sometimes, and occasionally like have some spending cash. I don't know. That's just me. Like, I guess I'm just like kind of quirky like that. You know, and the step between amateurs and being, a you know, a well-off professional it just seems the gap just seems to be getting wider and wider because as music becomes you know in a way cheaper to make the goods and services that we provide as industry professionals almost like have to be scaled back to accommodate for that and so it's so much harder to sort of you know get that break that takes you over to that side of like okay i'm a professional i can do this full time now but something i've seen in my peer group you know in you know, and a lot of you that watch this show, uh, is that our generation's really adaptable. So the fact that, you know, we can't get jobs full time in the places that we want to, that we sort of have to like build our own careers. And so the fact that there's not like a job presented to us, we're cool with basically building a life out of the Lego pieces that are you know, freelance work and side projects and things like that. Our generation adapts and we're incredible at it. Like we true, I mean, we truly are. I mean, just seeing how our generation has adapted during the past year, it's been incredible to watch. And throughout this past year, people have been releasing amazing music from their basements, from their bedrooms. We were essentially born on the dawn of a near-industry collapse, and as we're entering and hitting our strides in adulthood, it seems like the world wants to take its turn and also collapse. At the end of the day, we will be able to overcome this situation after gaining new perspectives and figuring out creative ways of maneuvering around this situation that's just been thrown at us. And I mean, with all the music that's been released, just this year no matter how things turn out or how we choose to deal with these things i think at the end of the day we can all just sort of sit back and make an awesome playlist and just see how it goes so thank you again for watching this week's episode of Corey communicates um i will see you next week